Good evening, everybody. This is Barbara with Canada Girl Speaks Podcast, and I am actually recording um, via conference call through, I'm here at the house, and my engineer is at his house, and then my guest is at her house. And so we're actually, um, this is actually a first for us because, as as, um, you all know, we are under shelter in place because of the coronavirus epidemic. And um, we all just wanted to be obedient to the rules uh, that's been put in place. And so um, I'm excited to have uh, uh, this guest on tonight. Um, She is new to our community, but she's been here a while. She's a newlywed, and um, I'm going to have her introduce herself. Um, She um, is the executive executive director for Compassion for Sicana. And she's an author, and so I'm gonna let her tell. I'm gonna let her tell the audience, uh, the listening audience, about you know herself. So without further ado, I want you to introduce to everyone uh, Pam Dudley. Hi, <laughs> thank you, Miss Barbara. Oh, I'm honored to be on your podcast. I've been listening and just love the things that you're doing for the community, um, and in the community. Um, and um, yes, I uh, wow, well, I came to North Canada. It's been a year now. And um, I came here to quiet down life and um, write more um, and um, be creative. I've um, done um, some work with learning how to write memoir and doing some of that um, and and also ghostwriting for other people and writing skits and musicals and um, just wanted to come here and um, have open skies, open skies and be here and... um, Lo and behold, when I got here, after going through 100 West, I came and stayed there for two months at the artist and writer residency. Um, and that was wonderful. It was a wonderful introduction to Corsicana. Um, I loved um, being right there on North Beaton, and it was I got here at the, right a couple weeks before they took down the Christmas tree lights, so the middle of Beaton was just lit up when I drove into town and all the lights up and down the street. It was just beautiful, and I looked at the sky, and I said, wow, I'm home, and I stayed at 100 West, and then after that, um, I wasn't planning on getting a job, but I saw an opportunity at Compassion Corsicana. I wasn't planning on getting a job yet, <laughs> but I saw that opportunity and um, jumped in because it's as a I'm a social worker, clinical social worker, um, and also when I'm certified in cognitive behavioral therapy. I had a private practice in Maryland for four years, and that's just wonderful work to watch people go from devastated to thriving. Um, so, um, just coming here, I wanted to roll up my sleeves and see how I could just pitch in and help out and. Lo and behold, Compassion Corsica came up. And um, so it's been there a year. Um, and um, we're just doing wonderful things there. The organization's got a great team of people, supportive board, um, and been working hard there. Um, and I actually am stepping down at the end of the next month after a year. remembering what I came here for and I hadn't written anything the whole time I'd been at Compassion Corsa Canna. Um, when I got married, my husband just and I started talking about it. He was very supportive of why don't you shift gears and, you know, focus on writing and do something where that'll allow you to write. Um, so um Compassion Corsa Canna is in great hands. The board um is um kind of I'm not sure where they are in the process of but I know that they have 
good candidates and we'll make a decision. Um, and the staff are running wonderfully there. Um, and we'll still be doing the wonderful work with helping people in the town. Um, so that's a little bit about me. All right. So yeah. I, I actually, um, I met you about a year ago and um, oh, I think oh. I was first time downtown. Yes, at Julian Marcus's uh, improv. Oh, no, we were just walking around. Yeah, walking downtown, yes. And then got a chance to participate with you in an improv session with uh, with Julian Marcus. And so um, I was like, she's a good fit for Corsicana. You know, I think I took one of your uh, writing classes that you did. Oh, yeah. A writing class. And so I kind of like started just kind of watching you and kind of started trying to connect to you. And so I was like, she's going to be very, a good fit for our community. And so oh, um, you've been here. I mean, I know that you have embraced our community and then you, you've embraced, of course, the community members and you've met some good people and you've met some mm-hmm. good friends. And so mm-hmm. um, what, um, when you first got to Corsicana, what did you think about Corsicana? I, mean, I think you mentioned it a little bit ago, but what did you think about Corsicana? Yeah, um, I loved how, like, my first night, I stood in the middle of North Eaton at night. I just stood there and took a picture, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I can stand in the middle of the road. And then I got up the next morning and walked out on another street, and <laughs> I stood in the middle of the road. Um, but um, so I just loved the, the um, it's peaceful. There's, I mean, I joked so much when I got here. If there's a car in front of me, I was calling it a traffic jam, just one car. <laughs> You know, not experiencing the traffic. And then, two, something, I don't know, I think certain people are personality-wise fit in certain places. And when I was in the Washington, D.C. area living in Maryland, it felt like the walls were closing in. It was a very bizarre feeling. It lasted for a few years. And then when I got here, that was gone. So I just think um, I love... Um, Things are quaint here, um, but I also, I think what, I, what really appealed to me was when I first got here, I, my whole world was downtown, so I kind of got the impression that was the town, and I was like, oh my goodness, everyone here is creative or owns their own business, and then after a couple of months, I started, well, within a month or two, spreading out and meeting more people and realized that was just a piece of the town, mm-hmm. um, but I loved their creativity, the fact that, you know, there was two theaters downtown and um, that are put on plays, which is my love. Um, and just, and also I think that other thing was, I, in those first few months, I met so many people that were giving back, like on in a board somewhere, volunteering somewhere, um, doing volunteer work in the church and just kind of having that spirit of people being so involved, even in the um, kind of the, volunteer things with the government and, and um, committees there. Um, that was really inspiring. And just everyone I talked to, just meeting so many, a lot of people that were like me, just coming or had been here within the last 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's just, it seemed, it seemed to me to have a real creative spirit. And that really appealed to me. And then the last thing I'll say that is what is, the opportunities here, like there's things I've been able to do here that I would have been in line behind hundreds or thousands of people in the Washington DC area, like having a column in the paper, or being able to teach a writing workshop or just, um, or, you know, my, there's so many different things. I can, it seems like you can do what you want here. 
Um, yeah. You know, if it's something positive for the community, people are encouraging, and I love that. So um, we're going to transition because um, um, I, I wanted I wanted to talk about you know what we're experiencing on this week. Obviously, last week what we're experiencing, and because like you talked about, our community um, is um, meeting some challenges. Um, at this time, so um, what can you what can you say to those that are listening about you know uh, us just coming together as a community? And I've seen so much of that on this last couple of weeks. Um, I had my last guest on um, Kaylee. She started a um, she started an actual Facebook organization that mm-hmm. you know neighbors helping neighbors. And um, it has already grown over over a thousand members, and it's just a community, a group of, of the, several community members have come together, and we're and they're just helping each other out. You know, it's this. I've seen so much of of a community coming together. I mean, like never before. You know, usually, usually for me in Corsicana, is usually you have pockets of people, and so now it's like okay. It's, it's, we're all having to, you know, we're all having to come together. We're all having to, you know, share information, help each other out, you know. I mean, so what can you say uh, regarding the challenges that we're meeting on this week, you know, and for the next couple of weeks? What can you say as, you know, being experienced, you know, um, licensed, you know, in your field, what can you say to our community? What can you say to the listening audience about what you know? How we can make it through the challenges mm-hmm. that we're living. Yeah, boy, what a wonderful question! Well, thinking that, um, and I love that um, Facebook group that was got on there today, and it just gave me so much hope and inspired me. Um, and I think that's so in therapy. One of the things that we focus on and learn how to do as therapists but the, is um, to inspire hope because when people come into, you know, as a therapist, when people come to the session, they're hopeless. They just don't necessarily think things are going to get better, don't see how. And so we start with hope. And if people can have hope, then things do get better. And so I think that's the beauty of things like that, that Facebook group. I read it. I was looking at it, looking at the comments and the ways that people were helping each other, letting each other know where they could find water or somebody needed bread and like you can go here and um, um, people, you know, posting things that they had to share with other people or just ways to help out. And it gave me hope um, so much because I have um, been really nervous about how we would make the um, challenge need for food. I'm, you know, operating the Compassion Course Canada Pantry. Um, there's just so much need. Um, and um, we have a lot of people coming into the office, you know, to get financial assistance. And um, there's no way we're going to be able to meet it. But, it, you know, what, it, what occurs to me, which gives me hope, is everybody in the world is in the same boat. Yeah. So it's kind of like, we, no, it's not kind of like, it's exactly like, we just don't need to worry about things that we can't do anything about. Yeah. Um, you know, we can um, we can use the resources that we have wisely, um, and then 
just take it day by day. Because in this kind of situation, that's all we can do, take it day by day. But you know what? One of the big things in these kinds of situations, um, and I'm, I'm him and Han, and I, I was writing one of my columns for the paper, um, and I was debating of, you know, as a Christian, do I share in this article really what I think in, in my faith about a particular issue? And the person, I have a kind of a mentor who is helping me with how, you know, what's okay to write and what, so that I will be comfortable. Um, and he said, you know what, in Christian Japan, you can mention God. It's okay. So I'll just practice it with that. And I will say, boy, in times like this, and there's been other times in my life where, um, you know, long before I met my husband, like 15, 20 years ago, when I was going through a divorce, my husband ended up dying, and I was devastated by all the financial devastation and a very difficult point in my life. And looking back, it was the best point in my life. It was the first time in my life that I realized I had no idea how I was going to dig out of that overwhelming situation. I didn't know how to dig myself out. And so for the first time in my life, I really just looked up at the sky and said, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. And from that point forward, my life began to change. And it was the first time I saw myself as helpless, but I still had hope. And each day, and I had encouraging people around me that would just, you know, just fill me up and um, just kept going and just trusting God. And so in this situation, that's going to be the biggest and best solution um, trusting God and then coming together too, like that, like that on um, Facebook group. Um, we've got to help each other. There, there's no gonna, you know. Yes, the government's working on, you know, bringing in magic money, but um, the only way we're gonna get these bodies together. In the meantime, you know, I had I had shared, um, I had wrote a post on yesterday, and I said, I promise y'all. We will get through this. We are resilient. And I do believe that we are a resilient community. Um, you know, I guess, you know, we don't have a lot of big box industries here. We have a lot of small business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs. And so my heart goes out to them because, you know, even uh, even also posted today, I said pray for our small business owners because at the end uh-huh. of the day, they still have bills. You know, and then they have employees that rely on that income and so um that's what I, that's kind of like that's why I, why I wanted to bring our mayor on because I wanted him to tell to let our community know we're going to get through this it's not going to be easy it's not going to be easy but just know if we just stay together and help each other out we can weather this storm you know and yeah. so what can you say uh, what can you say to our business our business owners our small business owners you know to the employees to those that are being laid off what can you say to them um to offer so i mean i know it's not going to be like you know oh you know magic wand it, it's gonna it's gonna be okay but what uh, what what advice or what what message can you be can you offer to them yeah, and you're right. There isn't no special magic. I think it's, you know, it's the same thing as to everyone who is um, not having income now. And it's and even to people who do have income but have added expenses paying for more meals for kids and daycare if they're working. And it's, um, I had this thought when this first started of how I think about this will matter. And it will either make me or break me. And I just, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed that I'm not out of work. Um, it's, um, 
my life doesn't look much different now because I go to work, you know, every day. But um, just in the, in the message, just everything, what I think about it matters. And um, so I thought about if I had a few weeks where I was not working and I could do whatever I wanted to do, what would I do? And I started just making a list of some fun, creative things I want to do. And it's, you know, we can choose to worry and make ourselves sick, or we can decide to do something with this season as best we can. Um, and that's the big thing that I would say. Wow. So what about our young people? What about, you know, the the ones that, you know, the, the young people, that are the parents, they're having to, you know, make sure that they're okay. So what can you say to the our younger, uh, young people that, you know, they can, that are, that are going to be listening to this podcast that understand, you know, hey, what's going on? What can you say to a young parent that is trying to make it work for their families? You know, some of them are homeschooling now. Some of that, that's a new challenge for a lot of our young parents. And so what can you say to our young, young audience? Yes, indeed. Um, oh, boy, yeah. Um, the, um, sorry, thinking. Um, it's, that does, oh, I know what I was going to say, but that's the first group that I prayed for, where the, the parents home with the kids around the clock. And um, I think um, also, you know, to make the most of it. I think things like having structure to the day still, even though not being in school, um, like, you know, each hour doing something different and, you know, having a task to do that, that you change things up. Um, I know that um, screen time is really big, being on the iPad and computers and the phone. And um, that, interesting how, that when I switched to, writing more and you know before I came here I was writing a lot and um, I would be exhausted after a while and all I was doing was sitting in front of my computer typing um, and when I'm exhausted I'm more irritable and less patient um, and so I think that self-care of hard as it is putting your phone down and go do something else you can look out the window but um, and then there's something else too I was reading an article um, about and um, uh, yesterday I was thinking that if I hadn't gotten married, I would be here alone. And for however long this lasts, no one would ever touch me. Mm. And because my husband is here, he hugs me. And it's wonderful. And I read an article um, uh, that talks about the oxytocin that's released when you hug. And that is, it's a happy hormone. It's, um, it's called, it's, they call it the kind of, quote, the cuddle hormone, um, that it can reduce pain, reduce anxiety, and make us feel good. And um, so I think parents and kids, don't forget to hug and embrace each other. Because, you know, when, when a kid is um, anxious or depressed or crying, that can start to release those hormones to help that kid start to regulate itself a little bit better. Um, and even for, you know, the adults too, the parents, um, yeah. They're getting that same benefit of that hormone being released. Um, so I think, too, as hard as it is when you're, you know, in the same place for so long, how to have maybe even just once or twice a day where you 
intentionally choose to laugh with each other. Intentionally choose to do something that you can enjoy together, even if it's only five minutes, because it can be very easy to start isolating or just having the rules all day. Stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, because it gets frustrating um, when, you know, parents with kids. So how to make a decision to do something fun. If it's put a song on the radio and sing together, just simple things that periodically during the day just to do so that you are connecting but also having time apart. Have quiet time together as a family for 10 minutes. Just everybody just close their eyes and be quiet. Just, like, it's, this is, you know, just have to be creative with them. What we'll do with our time. And then also, I'm so grateful that um, we can still go for walks. So maybe if there's parents and a number of kids, just pick one at a time to have that one on one time if you can. Um, I know what I did yesterday because, you know, I was listening to uh, talk radio um, uh, this afternoon on my way home from work, and um, it was talking about how you have to disconnect from. You know, the media, like, you know, sometimes you can get so consumed with all this coronavirus stuff and you're constantly watching it. Because I can remember, you know, during Hurricane Katrina, how you, you stayed so glued to the television. And it was like, literally, it just was so, it got you so, like, down. And so yesterday, I was like, yesterday evening, I was like, you know, I'm just not going to turn on the TV. I'm just going to go back mm-hmm. in my room and I just play some jazz. And I just, I needed to detox because I was like, you know, you get so consumed with, you know, what's going on with coronavirus, what's, you know, who, who you know, how many people died, you know, where's it, you know, how much, you know, and so I was like, I've got to, I've got to detox from this kind of energy, you know, and so that's what I did. I yeah. just played some jazz and I just, why, I just had to, I had to detox and I guess that's yeah. the best way to put it. So. You know, maybe, you know, we just have to relay that information that sometimes you just have to disconnect, especially now with our parents having to homeschool, having their kids at home all the time. You know, you have we have to send that message out that, you know, sometimes you need to make sure that you take time for yourself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's vital. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, if you think about what you're talking about, about being plugged into the media so much, I am. Um, Several years ago, I got certified as a um, trauma therapist, and that was one of the first things we learned in our training about secondary trauma. And um, the research is that the kids today have more anxiety than the average person that was psychiatrically hospitalized like 50 years ago. And it's because of they are exposed to so much suffering and pain and you know something happens and we hear about it all and we see the vivid details and that's affecting us Um, and so we help ourselves when we just shut it down and and, um, you know often for me I will look at trees because they're you know they remind me of just lifting your arms up to God but they're just nature and no technology and it just kind of shifts me to being right here versus all around the world where everything is going on but yeah unplugging is vital we can reduce our stress when we unplug and this is the time that we really have to do everything we can to take care of ourselves even breathing i noticed often too my shoulders are hunched up and then realizing that and putting my shoulders down starts to help me relax so if we can pay more attention to what's going on in our bodies, what's tingling, what's tight, what's uncomfortable, and just relax, yeah. that can go a long way to helping us emotionally deal with it. And, you know, 
there are um, lots of avenues. But this is a stressful time. Like, this, you know, the closest thing I've ever been to this is 9-11. Yeah. There's a lot of people needed emotional support from therapists during that time. And the same is here, too. And I'm in lots of circles with therapists. And what happens in these kinds of things is the first week or two, people are still focused on getting just the basic needs. Where am I going to get food, bread, milk? Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen with my job? But then as, you know, week three and four and five, then people become more aware of how they're feeling. And it's, it's you know, because at first we're just in shock. But yeah. then we start to get in touch with it. And that's when people may need to look at getting some extra support. And it's out there. Um, but just to, you know, the more we can be aware of what we're thinking and feeling, we can help ourselves better. Yes. Well, Ms. Pam, um, I want to... Um tell you thank you so much for um, taking the time out to, um, you know, be on uh, the Canada Space Podcast. I think um, it's a very, it was, it was, it was very, uh, a good time for you to be on it just because, you know, you have the experience that you have and the information that you can offer. Um, I always give my guests opportunity to do their shout outs. So um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do your shout outs to anybody out there uh, in the listening audience. So um, go ahead and give shout outs. Oh my goodness. Oh, to my awesome hubby Curtis, to the Compassion Corsicana crew, um, to Kyle at 100 West, you brought me here. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss people. So, Grace Community Church, my church. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that so I don't miss people. But And to you, thank you so much. This is so much fun. <laughs> and we also want to give our shout out to, to Julie and Marcus Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we made it all happen together. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, um, I just want to let my community know that we will um, get through this. Um, this right, we'll, we will get through this. Um, I can't stress it enough. We just have to come together as a community, continue to come together as a community, help each other out, um, patronize our small business owners as much as you can, um, because uh, we want them to to survive this. And so, um, uh, Aaron, I want to tell you, thank you, Aaron, for so much for helping me uh, be able to uh, record my podcast on, to, on this evening. And so, um, without further ado, I just want to, not without further ado, but I just want to tell everybody, just continue, just to keep going, keep going. We can do this. We can do this. And um, just have a, a very blessed evening. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Pam. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Can a Girl Speaks podcast is recorded at Shred Shed Studio. Shred Shed Studio, where you get big city production at small town prices. Recording, mixing, mastering, guitar instruction, production, and songwriting. Find out more at shredshedstudio.com or email your inquiries to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at shredshedstudio.com the premier music studio in Corsicana, Texas.